0: Thanks, Sarah. So, good morning. Uh, it's lovely. I'm super pumped to be here. I absolutely love the fact that when you start syncing up with someone before you preach, and you're like, yes, sir. This is definitely the right thing today. Um, thanks for outing me. butterflies on my arm. That's nice and manly for everyone to know here today. Um, we're going to be talking about three things today, and they're going to be calling, training. And timing. I find this quite interesting because Lance, who uh, comes here at Cheshire, the first time he met me, he turned around and he went, You strike me as a guy that loves three points. So this is for you, Lance. We've got three points today. But I want to start a little bit with what my story is. I'm not going to go into full detail, but where I struggled with the concept of calling. And I'll be completely honest, I absolutely hated prepping for this sermon because I didn't understand it. I thought I had understood it. But I didn't understand it. And I probably wrote about 30 versions of this. My wife's going nuts. So I'm not going through the paper like crazy. She's here today. There. There's Vicky. I said I would out her, so I've done it. Um, but the point is, is that I really struggled with it. And so I kept praying. I asked for the Holy Spirit to keep giving me the understanding. And with, as he likes to do, he did it this morning. <laughs> Joy of joys. There's me 7 in the morning going, Oh, no, just quick, 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 quick. let's get prepped. And culturally, when we look at calling, we look at understanding what we want, what we should be doing, what job we should have, what ministry or what calling that God has on our lives, we have a severe amount of pressure. We should be here. I should have a house. I should be a manager at this point in my life. But the fact is, it doesn't, a lot of the time, it might have done, and bless you, and that is great, but for a lot of us, it doesn't quite happen that way. And so I want to talk about calling to start with. And what I want to say is that everyone here, before we get into the butterfly moment, let's call it, you are all called to God. You are all called to a relationship with Christ. And actually, he wants to know you. So if you're here today and you're going, well, I'm not even thinking about training and what God wants me to do. I'm just thinking about God... Well, let me tell you, you're anointed. God is calling you, and he wants to know you today. Amen? So what we're going to do is we're going to start with two... Timothy, there we go, 1, verses 9. And Paul says this. He says, God saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works, our job, let's say, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Now, I read that, and I thought, okay, that's, you know, called me to a holy, holy calling. Like, that's a big deal, right? And like, what does that actually mean? How does that work out in our life? And so the question I often use when I went through this process of what am I called to? What should I be doing? I even went to theological college. I came out, nothing happened. So what does this actually mean? And I said to all the students at one point, I said, right, who are you? And they said, oh, Joel, I'm John. I said, oh, thanks, John, for telling me your name. Who are you? And he turned around to me and said, well, I'm a youth worker. I said, thanks, John. Thank you for telling me what you do. Who are you? And then they looked at me and went, can you stop asking me this question because I'm getting really uncomfortable. And it is an uncomfortable question, right? When we get asked such a simple question of who we are, we come to a battle and a struggle. And actually, what we're going to be talking about today, discussing who we are and what we should be doing, we're going to be looking at two kings. Uh, Two kings is in 1 Samuel, Uh, It does go into 2 Samuel, but we're going to be focusing in 1 Samuel today. I'm going to be looking at a guy called King David. Now, to give you a little bit of context, before this happened, there was a king called Saul. And he was doing all right. He was doing okay. There were a lot of battles between the Israelites and the Philistines. And it was getting pretty messy. And Saul was anointed, called to be the king over Israel at this point. But he was struggling to really keep hold of who he was in God and was more focusing on what he was wanted to do. And God started getting pretty peeved off about it. He was like, no, nah, mate, what are you doing? I didn't tell you to do that. And he kept on doing these things. And it got to a point where, and this is where King David comes into this, this play, where God says to Samuel, who knows King Saul, and he knows King David, and he says to Samuel, go to this, I can't remember for the life of me, David's uh, father's name, but go to this chap, and I'm going to tell you who's going to be anointed to be the new king of Israel. And at this point, Samuel goes, no, 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 please don't. Like, that is like really bad news. King Saul's going to come after me. He's going to try and kill me. You just don't do that in these times. And so that takes me, so let's, let's just reverse back a little bit, because I've gone a bit forward, to 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. And at this point, where Samuel's gone, to find this David, this guy, he hasn't even been given his name at this point. And the Lord said to Samuel, "'Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature. "'Because of his stature, because of his stature, I have rejected him. "'For the Lord sees not as man sees. "'Man looks on the outward appearance.' But the Lord looks on the heart, and this was a weird experience because Samuel, uh, sorry, David's dad, bringing out all his sons, and some of them were right Gs, you know, they're turning up looking absolutely massive, looked like a king, right? And they were like, yeah, that's the guy, that's the guy, that's the guy, and they went through quite a few. It's like a number system. Do you want one, two, three, four, five? And then they got to this David, who was just, he was a nice guy, small bloke, did a bit of shepherding played his harp, you know, on the hill he was loving life. And he wasn't someone that you'd go, yeah, that's a king, king of Israel, that was in a war with the Philistines. But God saw something so much different in this man. He saw a man with a heart for him, not for a heart for being this big stature, this big king. And so this comes back to what calling means. And God said to me this morning, Joel, calling is who we are. When we understand who we are, we understand that it's a training path to understanding what we should do. So it becomes, what are you before what you do? Who are you in God before you figure out what you're supposed to be called to do? Right? You with me? And so that comes to training. And God said to me this morning again, he said, training, Joel, you used to like training, not now, I've got a dippy back at the moment, but you like, and he said, but training is transformation, Joel, because at this point, King David got a, an anointing on his life to be king of Israel, and at this point, it was it, arguably, theologians will argue different ages, but arguably, was around 10 years old. Imagine that, hashtag future king of Israel, when you're that age. I mean, come on, 10 years old, he must have thought, I'm winning, I've got the best job, the best ticket to be a king of Israel, I'm 10 years old, loving life, but actually, God said, yeah, right, cool, you've got an anointing, a calling to be king, but now I want you to go back, chill at home, look after the sheep, play your harp, and you know, maybe whack out a slingshot every now and again. And that must have been really hard for David. I don't like, I would have been like, if God called me, like, oh, Joel, you're going to be king of Israel, go back home and practice your recorder. Mate, what? Go look after some sheep. Why do I, and I, I mean recorded by heart, by the, by the way, but why would I want to do that? And often when we come to this point of calling and we've got this anointing and this, this role that God's put on our heart to do, as much as I felt that I've been called to pastor and it hasn't happened he comes to this place where he says, no, but you're not ready. I'm just telling you what you've got to do, and now you've got training, transformation, refinement. And this is where we start seeing the gifts that David has in this period of time. And this doesn't work out often in my experience. It's not very pleasant. Because when we're in a training period, God doesn't go, oh, by the way, I'm going to train you and refine you so go to Spain sit on a beach have a couple of cocktails loving life doesn't normally happen that way we see throughout the story of the Bible it's like yeah I'm going to train you go to jail yeah I'm going to train you oh have no money and just trust me man it's all good doesn't happen that way and actually count that as a real blessing that God says not now not yet I've called you but not yet you're not ready, just wait, got to train you, I've got to refine you, and you see in this story, I haven't got time to go in it, but in 1 Samuel 17, 1 Samuel 18, you know, God then asked David, he's like, hey man, like, go fight Goliath, take a slingshot, five little stones, what? Oh, Joel, go into, with no training, go fight Anthony Joshua, yeah, I'm going to get knocked straight out, is what I'd say to God. It was a crazy point. Why would would he tell him to go fight Goliath? But David, because he had that anointing, that understanding, that calling that God had given him, knew, okay, there's something in this. There's some form of training. There's some form of learning. He might not have known it at the time, but he certainly did afterwards. And in 1 Samuel 18, Saul then, King Saul at this point, who's still king, I might add, turns around and says, well, I'm going to hunt him down and kill him. I'm king of Israel. What do you mean God's assigned someone else to be a king of Israel? I'm coming after you now. And then he goes through a terrible period of time where he's running from a king. And he might, I don't know how old he is at this point, but imagine 15, 16 years old. And you're like, I've got an entire like Israel and a king coming after to kill me. <laughs> Cheers, God. A king being hunted by a king. And so we've got this calling, anointing on his life, and then we've got this training and transformation that's happening, and he's still not there as king. And we come to this concept of timing. Now, I don't know if some of you are Christians, some of you are not, um, but I have heard the phrase a lot, and I've used it myself, so I'm not judging, where where people go, don't worry, man, it's it's in God's timing. It's all good. You're like, well, I can't pay my bills. I've got no job. Oh, I'm struggling. Don't worry, it's in God's timing. And you're like, mate, please, like, stop saying it's in God's timing. I really don't. That phrase, man. When someone says it, I'm like, "Eh." love you, bless you, thank you for the word. (laughs) And actually, when we look at timing, that's just as important as the training. Just as important. If you, some of you might know the Premier League, the football, some of these strikers, I mean there's Halland, or well, I can never pronounce his name, but he's been bought for a silly amount of money and everyone thinks he's going to be absolutely amazing, and quite frankly it happens all the time, they take a couple years to bed in, to be trained, to learn, the timing just, it takes a little bit of time for them to get used to the job that they're being told to do and to be trained, or bulk up for an example, Premier League's a physical game. And... So we look at this King David, and he was anointed at 10, let's say, arguably. You know, I'm sure there'll be some theologians who want to speak to me afterwards about that. And then 20 years of training and timing, he then becomes king when he's 30 years old. (coughs) Poor bloke. You're going to be king of Israel? yes, I'm going to have a palace. I'm going to have my wives. I'm going to have my food. I'm going to have my chariots. But then, oh, no, (laughs) God. Yeah, 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 20 years, mate. And then you're getting that job. And actually, Dr. Lloyd-Jones is a, a famous writer. He writes about theology. He actually says that the worst thing that can happen to a man and woman is to succeed before they are ready. I'm a father to a seven-year-old, and she tells me she can drive. She tells me she can do this, 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 this. And I'm like, no, you can. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I'm not giving you a bottle of whiskey just yet. <laughs> the simple fact is, is that God's loving you through this process, loving you through this training. He's refining. He's looking at your gifts. He's looking at David. He's looking at the heart, which he goes on to use in such powerful ways. He's looking at the slingshot where he was defending sheep, and now he's going and fighting and defeating Goliath. He's looking at the, re- the transformation of this process David was not ready not yet but God had called him and anointed him because he knew his heart and he knew how much he was going to do and arguably David made his mistakes we all know looking at naked ladies on the roof and Bathsheba and there's a lot but he didn't get right but he was arguably the best king there was and I have to admit I believe that's because of 20 years of refinement and training and timing and love and care. And God being that parent and going, hold on, that toddler with the reins, no, you're not just going to sprint into the road. I'm going to just hold you a little bit, pull you back. And I, as a young man, stand here today, and I had a calling That I felt God was calling me to do. And I'll be straight with you. I said it to John on the first day. And this is why it's humbling for me to say this today. Is I said to John, the pastor of this church. I said, yeah, I'm called to be a pastor. That's what I'm called to do. And actually, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But I wasn't, I'm not ready. Am I ready to shepherd an entire congregation? Maybe I need to focus on being a a good husband and father before I think about looking at anyone else. Right? Maybe I need to focus on getting to work on time before I think I can pastor a church. (laughs) Maybe I need to stop drinking 10 pints on the weekend because I'm probably not going to be able to preach on a Sunday morning. Or maybe you will. I mean, you might be an absolute trooper. But the point is, is that... That butterfly moment, so you come out of the, the cocoon. And my argument is, so you're called, you're anointed, you come out. But what do we do when we come out and we're flying around? What do we do when we're, we're all over the place? We're fluttering, we're going, well, I don't know, I'm not sure. I uh, you know, I don't know if I'm called or, and, and is it going to happen now? And, and what I'm saying is, don't worry about that part. Just know you're anointed, loved. Know who you are. Because that is the training path to what you will do. God will sort your calling out. God will sort out where you're supposed to go. God will sort out your provision. Focus on who you are. Re-center yourself to God, and that path will will be del- delivered. I believe it's Jeremiah 29. You know, for the for the plans I have. You know, to purpose. It's for. Pu- oh man, Sarah, help me out. to to prosper you, but not to harm you. That's what he promises you when he calls and anoints you. And when you're going through these difficult times and these enemies and these Goliath moments and these being hunted by a king or you haven't got the job and you're struggling or you're not what you think you're supposed to be doing in your ministry and your calling, it's because God's training and transforming you and loving you and refining you to be the best version of what he's got. Right? Amen. Thank you. So, the promotion from called, anointed, to appointed is in God's timing. You may be anointed, but God does the appointing. Let Him appoint you in the role when you are ready, just as He did with David. And finally, and I'm coming to a close, don't worry. We, I, I heard a, a preacher the other day, and I absolutely loved it. And he said, stop watching the clock and follow God's compass. If you're moving in the right direction with God, the time doesn't matter. I stand here today thinking I was going to preach at 18. I'm 29 years old. This is the first time I've, I've preached ever in a church. 11 years. Thank you. I didn't know I was not. I wasn't going for that, but i appreciate it. I'll take it. But the point is, it was 11 years, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why now, because God spoke to me this morning. Thanks, God. Love you so much. The point is, is David was a man after God's own heart and plans. Another theologian, Charles Spurgeon, says, if I had 25 years of ministry left in me, I'd spend 20 of them in preparation and timing and training just for five years of ministry because you'll be more powerful in those five years if you've been trained by God for 20 than if you had 20 years of ministry and you had five of nothing because it completely destroyed. That mass completely didn't work, but you get my point. And what I want to say is whether you've been in ministry, and I think this is important for, for those of you who are like, yeah, that's fine, but I've already done that job for 20 years, and now I don't know where I'm going. Or if you've been in a job as a lawyer or a coffee, it doesn't, I'm not talking about Christian context here. You may be called to a church. I'm talking about any job role you're in. And where you're, you're seeking God leading in your life, don't worry about that aspect of time. Just worry about the fact that if you're not on with God and you're not re-centering with him, then you might go off on a different path and a different tangent that's going to damage and hurt you. I, I really realized, and I, I've been applying for jobs recently, and I've been really struggling. I don't know what's going on with God, and I realized that God said to me, Joel, the, closing of, the, clo- the doors I close on your life are more important than the ones I open for you. Because the ones that are closed, God's closing on my life, are going to damage and hurt me. I'll I'll wait for the one that he opens for me. Amen? Amen. So guys, can can I pray for you as a church? I would love to pray for you. Lord, thank you so much that we are called just initially to be in a relationship with you. I thank you that we are also called and anointed in some role in the world. And Lord, I pray for the people that have already done the job, that if you're struggling with your direction next, that they recenter who they are to understand what God wants them to do more. Lord, may your Holy Spirit, your power come today in people who are struggling with understanding what their calling is, understanding why... While they're being trained for so much time, understanding that the timing is frustrating and there's no money, and I pray that you speak to them today. In Jesus' name, Amen.